and welcome. You're watching We the People. I'm Rishika Barwa. The horrific video that shows two naked women being paraded, groped, and molested by a mob in violence hit Manipur has sent shockwaves across the country. The video once again highlights the plight of women caught in the crossfire of a deadly conflict, prompting us to ask: Why is it that for centuries now women continue to pay the highest price for conflict? Two and a half months after the incident in Manipur, six people have now been arrested, but action was only taken after the video made national and international headlines. Violence against women is known, documented, and can even be anticipated now in conflict zones in India and around the world. Rape and sexual violence has been used as a weapon, and history is testament. Whether it was the world wars, the sexual enslavement of women in territories conquered by the Japanese army. Mass rape committed against German women by advancing Russian soldiers. The Sri Lankan civil war, where NGO Human Rights Watch says sexual violence by military and police still continues. The Rohingya crisis closer to home. What happened in Afghanistan? Or the most recent ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. Women have been used as cannon fodder. Women have been used as leverage to threaten civilian populations for decades. Why look far from home? Look at what's happened in our own neighborhood, in our own country during partition, the anti-Sikh riots, the Bhagalpur clashes, Kashmir, the 2002 Gujarat riots, the Muzaffarnagar riots. What's happened in Manipur is no different. According to a report in the print, the sexual violence shown in a video that took place after fake news about a Meethi woman's rape and murder was circulated just after this violence began. It was a fake news that actually triggered. what led to this revenge violence that has ensued in manipur it was a fake photo that triggered a thousand strong mob to kidnap these women strip them and parade them one of them was gang raped it is now learned that on the same day two more tribal women were allegedly raped and killed and on the 15th of may an 18 year old girl was gang raped ndtv spoke with the mother of one of the victims of sexual assault in manipur มันน่ะจิซูเอ่ออปาไลเฮลุปิกตาอนาวละเฮลุตาเตฮิซิมมอตะไกปอลิเลทิงตางมิเตอะกิฮิเจกาเอ็นเอซิมมอมาตะบัง
And when sexual violence is used as a weapon in conflict, just like we've seen, will justice truly ever be served? Joining me tonight, Irom Sharmila, Indian civil rights activist, also known as the Iron Lady of Manipur. We have uh, Chitra uh, Anantan, independent journalist from Manipur. Yashavardhan Azad, former IPS officer, joining us in the studios. Flavia Agnes, senior lawyer uh, with us. She's a women's rights lawyer. And Major General Gigi Dwivedi, he was GOC in the Northeast, has commanded Manipur. He's also a defense expert. Thank you all very much uh, for being with us on the show. Uh, you know, th there are several complex questions. We also have a very young audience of media, journalism, law, international relations students who are joining us. They have a lot of questions too about what's happened. Uh, there are a several... There are a set of several complex questions, no straight answers, but a conversation that we still absolutely must have. Irom Sharmila, I want to begin by asking you, as someone who understands the pulse of Manipur, as someone who's led a fast under that for over 16 years, over several issues, I want to understand from you, you know, the history of women being used as cannon fodder in conflict is not something we're alien to. Why, according to you, are we then still not able to anticipate it, to act on it, and to do things differently? This, this happening is really very sad as a society which uh, male got respect, women is to sign of downfalling, I think, uh, I, I just feel very sad. The, the world uh, is human evolution is going on continuing because of a woman's reproduction. So when some conflict crisis happen in the society when women are targeted like um, somewhat tools or just toys um, without any respect, full of lust, full of hatred. It's really short-set. In such a uh, situation, I just feel in a democratic country, uh, what's the point of um, having a government uh, when the right um, uh, representing uh, political leader and a leader just uh, uh, give, uh, yes. maybe being audience uh, to such uh, political well, absolutely. scene. And you know you know, uh, Iram, you're, you're talking about, you're talk we're talking about violence against women. What's been really shocking about a lot of cases that we've heard from Manipur and Chitra, if you want to come in here, is the fact that women have been involved directly or indirectly in attacks against other women. Uh, I'll say, uh, no, I, this question, Iram, I'm oh. going to come back to you. This question is for, is for Chitra. Oh, that's sorry. Yes. So uh, this thing about uh, pitting women against uh, another women, uh, the problem here is that we are talking about a mob. And it takes little to incite a mob. A mob. And uh, the, uh, 
they they say that it 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 is as easy it is as easy to incite a mob as it is difficult to convince one person having said that one cannot uh, actively or inactively give any support to any women who would egg on the men of their community to rape and insult and dehumanize the women of another community so yes in a sense whoever is involved in inciting a mob of men to rape uh, a woman would have to be brought to justice uh, they are as complicit as the actual perpetrators of the act Yes. So uh, that would uh, that would be point one. Point number two is indirect. Uh, you know, uh, would be when you introduced uh, today's topic, uh, you yourself have pointed out, and it is a fact that over the years, over centuries, over geographical locations, over the great wars and the small battles and everything else. uh it is women and children who bear the brunt of sectarian violence yes and it also has to do if you look at it on a larger scale it also has to do with patriarchy where everything the sense of honor uh is rested in uh the, the fact that women are the faces of honor and so if you have to dishonor a community you attack the women right you you attack the honor of the community and uh, of the women of the community and hence you are attacking uh, the entire community that is where the root problem rises hmm. uh, another another factor would of course be the fact that the justice process is always delayed uh, the police investigation is going to take time uh, it takes time and then once it goes to the legal uh, to to the law courts uh, itself it gets uh, more uh, difficult uh, we have uh, earlier in the year we hmm. had uh, we we have seen where the bilkis banu case is gone yes. and so whenever somebody refers to these cases they know that look we can get away we can get away and that right. is where this whole uh, impunity comes in i believe so that that would be in a in a sense an inadequate answer you know, you, but i think i think you raise i think you raise a very important point when you talk about the sense of impunity is being yes. perhaps one of the reasons why this culture of sexual violence where you know women are easy prey especially in conflict zone perpetuates yashwardhan azad would you agree the fact that there is no example to go by i mean where have we seen prosecution on a large scale for the kind of violence that we the kind of sexual violence that we've seen I think you're right. Uh, if you see, uh, this is a kind of a weapon. Mass rape is being used uh, as a kind of a weapon against women. And whether you see the ethnic clashes in Kenya, Ethiopia, or even the Bosnian wars, uh, the the criminals rarely go, you know, get punished. Sure. And in fact, there was an international tribunal for the Bosnian wars. Now, in this case, I think uh, Manipur things are slightly different. You see, we are talking about a system where the machinery, administrative machinery, the political police machinery had completely collapsed. And uh, mind you, it happened on the fourth, and on the fourth, these people were snatched away from police. Yes. So, if they were snatched away from the police, the job of the police was to report to the police station because they belong to Thaubal uh, district. Yes. If they would have recorded an FIR, and these are special report cases which go straight up to the uh, superintendent of police, immediately there should have been an action taken. So, what I'm saying is, in a system where you're talking about a complete collapse, nothing is working, and then no rectification is done. i would say that the sp and the collector of that district should be dismissed you know that will be a very strong signal that the administrative machinery should get back into right. shape
Because That's the fact it. is, again, you know, when you talk about leading with example and a sense of impunity, if one such case has happened, it's gone unreported, yes. it's gone unpunished. It is essentially ammunition being handed over to several others uh, to go ahead and perpetuate this culture of violence against women, which is why and which is the way this entire narrative has played out, like I said, globally over geographies. Uh, Flavia Agnes, do you do you want to come in here? Because, you know, there's, there's also the argument of, you know, the wheels of justice being really slow. Uh, and that's, an, you know, that's a story that repeats itself over different issues. But in this case, the question that we're asking, you know, when you're, when you're seeing violence on a mass level against women historically, can justice truly ever be solved? I don't think justice can ever be there. Uh, we have seen it repeatedly again and again and again and again in conflict areas where the administrative machinery has collapsed completely. Uh, there's no political will to act. Uh, if there was a will... Then the collector, the uh, uh, police superintendent, etc. would have been taken to task, would have been dismissed. The chief minister would have given a statement. Right. The prime minister would have given a statement. Nothing of that uh, thing has happened. And there is complete uh, impunity. Now, only because the video went viral uh, after nearly 75, 80 days yes. that uh, today the nation has taken note of this. But this was not the only case that happened that day. There were other cases, as you reported by you. And uh, no action has been taken because no video uh, went viral on that issue. So it's not just this is an isolated case. Uh, this case is part of the whole drama that was unfolding from May 4th yes. in yes. Manipur. Yes. And yes. Uh, nobody took notice of that. And that's a sad part of it. And it's allowed to fester and fester and fester. And only because Supreme Court took a notice... Our Prime Minister gave a very weak statement, uh, that also very convoluted kind of statement. And without asking for peace, without asking for accountability from the Chief Minister, etc. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you know, the Chief Minister in several interviews by his own admission has said that there have been hundreds of such yes. FIRs and he actually didn't know about this particular incident until this video went viral, after which, of course, action was taken and six arrests were made. Uh, but you, you raised a very important point about the internet being suspended and there were audience members who I was speaking with earlier who also had a question on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a question that... There is a internet suspend or internet breakdown in Manipur, in most part of the Manipur. Is there any political issue around it that the government has suspended the internet or it is the reason of political what is the unrest? Reason? I think I think this is a very important point. Uh, Major Dwedi, if you want to take this on, you know, the internet being suspended, who does it really serve? Is it serving the people of Manipur or is, is it serving, you know, the narrative for us to not know what's happened in Manipur until these videos have gone viral? Well, Nishika, I think this is a very minor issue. Having uh, commanded my division in Manipur and in fact started my career from assignment for Bangladesh war. First point I like to reiterate that women are always the target. And in Bangladesh, I was second lieutenant when I fought the war. 300,000 women were violated. Pakistan army was defeated, but no action was taken against the rapists. Now, coming back to my tenure in Manipur, I was GOC from 2004 to 2006. And that time, half the Manipur was the militants. And these militants belong to various ethnic groups. They mm. are the private militias. Mm. And in my time, on 10 January 2006, 24 Hamas women were raped in Parbum. And that time, of course, army was in total control and we had the full authority. 
and I launched the operation on 19th of January. 12 of these rapists were eliminated. I lost Colonel Rajiv, CO 13 Dogra. So the point I'm trying to make is that this violence is not new to Manipur. In fact, these militant groups were eliminated, but they were lying low. They were in suspended animation. And today, when the ethnic rife has taken place, these militant groups are back into the play. Right. And do no, think, please you know, let that, me just give you two Yes, no, two I, th points. I think that sets, that sets a certain context. But sir, my question very specifically is about internet being suspended. Because truth be told, until and unless these videos didn't become viral, the, the first time we learned of this incident was on Thursday, after which we've seen action being taken. We've seen six people being arrested. There have been statements that have been issued. The chief minister has taken cognizance. A probe has been ordered. I mean, till then, there was an information black hole on what was happening in Manipur. So who has this internet ban really served? And has it, in a certain sense, done a disservice to the women of Manipur? Can I answer that? Listen, uh, the internet ban is a double-edged weapon. And one, it stops the violence at other time. It blanks out the complete information. Okay. And that's what has happened okay. in this that's a, case. That's a fair point because Yashavardhan Azad, it was the fake news that ultimately triggered this wave of violence yes. from what we've understood. Yes. You see, uh, internet ban is, is required. When, when you have a serious situation building up, you know, government has a role. The state authorities have a role. So if there's a serious communal violence or anything of this kind, Immediate interban, uh, internet ban serves a purpose, but internet ban cannot continue beyond a certain period. Right. So it should be, you know, you should be able to control situation in say about five or six days and not keep the internet ban, uh, ban continuously because industrially it's, you suffer, the students have suffered yes. and so many other people yes. suffer. So yes. that's why this ban was unusually long and did not serve its purpose. Right. Uh, uh, Iram Sharmila, if I can come back to you at this point, because, you know, one of the key issues here is about the fact that we often don't learn about the incidents of sexual violence against women in conflict zone for the simple reason that, you know, information is hard to come by. People are scared to report such incidents. Sometimes, you know, it, it just completely falls through the cracks. In Manipur, this time around, we have we have information of specific incidents that have happened. Journalists have been able to access FIRs, though belatedly. You know, what do you make of this this culture of silence that has persisted for the last two months, where we just don't know what's happened? This exploitation of uh, uh, right to information access. Uh, now, because of that shutdown, internet shutdown, uh, these unwanted things uh, is uh, what happened. I, I think, uh, and instead of intervening um, this uh, at the beginning, as it was already be, uh, been very extreme since the beginning, right? Uh, the government as well as Central government were just ignoring, and people just at random right. lose hands uh, uh, without control, as if uh, uncontrolled. But, level but how would you, how would you, Iram, how would you respond, you know, to those who say that it was ultimately a piece of fake news that also triggered this wave of violence against women? It was a fake photo. 
it was a fake photo, Irum, that triggered yes, yes. this wave of violence, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you think, therefore, you know, like, like Mr. Azad has said, that an internet ban perhaps for a shorter period of time is mandated? It's needed. Uh, say it's just a, a exploitation of access to information and they can apply it to Bombay or Bangalore or Delhi only to the notice people and Jammu Kashmir okay. problem is this looking down is uh, is, is not uh, 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 over saying okay. say Prime Minister Narendra Modi you're saying is that the context, you're saying that the context to... as far as Manipur is concerned is very different there are a whole bunch of people in the audiences who have questions Shikha why don't you start go ahead Good evening. I have one question. The Chief Justice of India recently ex- stated that if no action is taken by the government, something will be taken be done from the judiciary. My question is, what action can the judiciary independently take otherwise if the administrative government doesn't take Flavia, any action? Flavia, do you, do you want to come in on what the Supreme Court has said on Manipur and what judicial action, if any, can be taken? Uh, the problem is, all this time, no, judicial, uh, no uh, administrative action was taken. The Prime Minister has kept mum. Uh, there was absolutely nothing happening in uh, uh, Manipur. And uh, it was deliberate flare-up that went on and on for 80 days. So that is the reason that Supreme Court had to come in. There was a case and Supreme Court had to act and do something. Now, what the uh, Supreme Court itself can do uh, is very little, not much, because it's not an executive body. Right. It is a judicial right. body. So the power is very, very limited. But it was out of sheer frustration, I think Chief Justice made this comment. Okay. But even then, the uh, because the Supreme Court has spoken and the, the Supreme Court has given this uh, message to the executive that you better act, otherwise we will act. He somewhere has uh, stuck uh, the cord and yes. uh, that is why yes. Prime Minister has given some statement. Right. How, how valid that statement is, we don't know. Right. And we have to okay. see more, more questions. Go ahead. Thank you. Ma'am, uh, in the situation of Manipur, we cannot ignore the concern of uh, national security. And we do understand that it might be purposely created by the outsider of the India. But, uh, sir, uh, the Manipur was burning and the whole, whole India was, uh, whole India can feel that pain. But, sir, why it took two months for our prime minister to come and address this? Because uh, was it okay. not was it not important to discuss why has this? It, why has it taken so long for our political establishment to wake up? I mean, there are no, no clear answers to that. Uh, but do you, do you want to just respond to that very well, quickly? Well, uh, let me say that uh, the, the chief minister has completely lost confidence, even of the Maithi community, because some of the ministers have spoken about the law and order situation, which is deteriorating day by day. Now, why it took so long? Because basically the state apparatus is supposed to take care of itself. I mean, law and order is a state subject. And when you have the CRPF there, when you have the Assam rifles there, and you have the, all the instruments of the state, they were supposed to take care of it. Okay. But later on, now the center has to step in. Okay, very quickly, I have a minute left. Go ahead. Why do we see this kind of miserable crime on a political level rather than a 
common space to resolve it. You know, uh, Chitra, this is the other important issue. And if you want to come in here, there's been so much politics that has been played over this particular issue that it's not just Manipur. You know, this is happening in Bengal. This is happening in Rajasthan. This is happening in other states. What do you make of the political narrative around uh, what has happened in Manipur in the last couple of days? Well, you know, the, the major problem, or I would say the only problem is that everybody is equating with the violence that's happening in Rajasthan, with the ones happening in West Bengal. People are forgetting that it's a BJP government there in the state and there's a BJP government here in the center. It's a double engine circuit, for God's sake. We are talking about a sectarian violence that has been allowed to happen for two and a half months. Uh, I, I made this point the other day and I'm making this point here again. Where in the history of independent India has sectarian violence been allowed to happen more than a week or more than even 10 days? It doesn't cross the 10 day mark. It gets resolved. Right. You know? and why it, is, it, why resolved, has it persisted? Yes. Kwais, you had a question. Uh, hello, ma'am. Uh, my question is, uh, why state is not able to make any separate council to address all the issues against internal security and women? And of course, why we are not imposing Article 356 in the states of Manipur and uh, like North northeastern state when it comes to this uh, this level of violence? And, uh, all right. Bajal uh, Dwedi, do you want to take that on? Yes, uh, absolutely, Yashika. I think, first and foremost, the intensity of situation was not actually understood. And the effort was to put the issues under the carpet. But uh, the point on security by the young lady is very pertinent. Uh, Manipur is a very sensitive state. And security both internal and external. We have China right breathing on our neck. And there is a gun trail which runs from China through Myanmar into the northeast. I think right now situation is out of control. And it is not in the capability of the state government. Is that time the center takes over. The army is deployed, not in internal security role, which it is. It is not effective. It has to come in the counterinsurgency role because the villages are highly right. fortified. The people are armed to the teeth. And this is not within the capability either of the state government or of the state police. If it is not handled, Manipur will burn and our security will be compromised. All right. Well, I'm afraid I'm completely out of time and I'm going to have to leave it at that. But thank you all very much for joining us in this edition of We the People. Good night.